Well, welcome back, Blazer fans, to episode number seven of the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is your co-host, John Duncan, and I'm joined again, as always, by my co-host, Steve Irvine. Steve, I'm just glad, buddy, that we finally have a Saturday game this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it great? It feels like college football, and uh, you know we're supposed to be playing on Saturdays. I mean, I, mean, I, I do think that it's good that I mean, I like the situations uh, that, that they played on these Thursday night games, being, you know, the only game on TV, you know, being able to play at Miami with the only game on TV. Um, you know, I think it's, it's you know, I can understand why they played the Thursday games. I think it's good for the program. Right. But it's, uh, it's, it is nice to get back to, uh, to playing on Saturday like we're supposed to. Right, for sure. And it's definitely great to get that, you know, national spotlight on those Thursday night games. But you know, 2020 is already a uh, weird year, and, you know, it's just good to get back to a Saturday game to give us even more a sense of more, you know, of, of a normalcy, as to say. But um, we do play the UTSA Roadrunners this weekend on Saturday at 11.30 a.m. Central Time. That will be broadcast on Stadium. But, of course, you can always go to Legion Field and catch the Blazers in action in person or listen on Jocks 94.5 to David Crane, Steve, and Trey on the call. But, yeah, so the Roadrunners are 3-0 and coming into this game, Steve. And, you know, in a little bit, I'll play the interview um, that I had with uh, Jared Kalmus that does a fantastic job in covering UTSA and um, has his own podcast, the Alamo Dome Audible, that um, I definitely recommend everybody checking out because I'm sure they're going to be talking about UAB as well and previewing the matchup. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's kind of talk about the UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, they were the first team in the country to go three and zero since they played Friday night against middle Tennessee, which pretty bad middle Tennessee squad. But, uh, Steve, what are your first impressions on this UTSA squad? Well, I mean, I think, uh, obviously they've scored some points, you know, and, and I think they had gotten a couple shootouts with middle Tennessee and Texas state. And, yeah. uh, you know, you gotta like that. I, I, I like, um, I like that they're three and zero. You know, it's a program that struggled, and, and you know, with the with the new coach coming in, and it's nice to see them win. Now, you know, the the teams they played are a combined one and eight at this point. Uh, so, you know, it hadn't been the stiffest competition necessarily, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it's you know, when you have a, a program that's struggling, you know, and, and you get wins, you know, you see the confidence grow with with each game. You know, I like the fact that they've won two out of three close games. You know, right. and it, you know, honestly. It's a program that in the past, uh, in past coaching staff, they might not have won those those close games. So you gotta like the the way they're playing, uh, close. You know, the way they're winning the close games. You know, if if you're them, so they, you know, they they have some they have some threats. They, you know, defensively they they get after you. Uh, you know, they they've had they lead the, the conference in sacks and with eleven after three games, lead the conference in interceptions with four after three games, and so you know, there's some things they're doing really well right now. Yes, for sure. And kind of going to their stats, you know, they're averaging 37.3 points per game. Um, so they're putting up points, but they're also allowing about 31 points per game. Um, they average about 462 yards per game on offense, 247 through the air and about 215 on the ground. Um, quickly hitting on that ground game, you know, Steve, we've talked about it before. They've got a really talented running back, uh, Sincere McCormick, who's in his second year with UTSA as a sophomore. And at one point, I mean, he still might be, but he was leading the nation in rushing yards. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think he is anymore. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, he he opened up with 191 against Texas State, and you know he's had I think uh, 98 and 82 the next two games. And oh yeah, he's he's strong. He's physical. You know, I, I, last year really impressed with him. Last year he was a lot stronger and and really more mature running the ball than than I figured he would be for a true freshman last year when UAB played him. And you right. know, I, I they had a little trouble with him last year, and and got better against him as the game went on and from what I remember. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's one, he's certainly one of the top, uh, in, in the conversation of the top running backs, you know, in, in the conference. Yes. And I mean, that's one thing that does kind of concern me, Steve, is, you know, you go back and watch the, uh, UAB Miami film and, you know, we struggled, uh, kind of stopping that run game of Miami. Now this will be a different beast. Uh, you know, it won't be as talented as Miami's offensive line or team, but, Still, um, that's going to be – and Jared kind of hits all that in the interview, which you guys will hear in a, in a little bit. But, you know, if, if UTSA gets that run game going, um, UAB could be in trouble. So that's definitely going to be a uh, matchup to watch is if uh, the UAB defensive line um, can uh, kind of get in that backfield early on and stop Sincere McCormick from getting going early. And, uh, yeah, definitely because uh, Sincere McCormick um, is one of the, you know, talented running backs in Conference USA and if not in the country um, – but so UAB will definitely have to be prepared to stop that ground game. And especially um, their starting quarterback, Frank Harris, according to Pete Thamel, said that he's going to be a game time decision this Saturday for the UAB game um, due to a sprained knee. Um, but, uh, you know, without their starting quarterback, um, I think that might help UAB. Um, now, Josh Atkins, who is probably going to be the uh, starter for UTSA this Saturday. I mean, he looked pretty good. In the uh, Middle Tennessee game, um, you know, he was a transfer from New Mexico State, so that was his first game with the UTSA program. But um, he's a lot different than uh, Frank Harris is. You know, Frank Harris is more of that uh, typical dual threat, uh, but does have a great arm. But um, Josh Atkins is more of a uh, pocket passer, so he likes to sit in that pocket and uh, throw the ball a lot more than uh, Frank Harris uh, does. Um, so UAB... You know, I kind of like that in UAB's favor, Steve. You know, we talked about this right before that, you know, UAB sometimes seems to struggle with those dual threat quarterbacks. And we, you know, saw, unfortunately, in the Miami game with De'Eric King, um, you know, sometimes these guys are quick and hard to tackle. Um, but, you know, we didn't get to see Trotter last week in the South Alabama game. Um, but I, I really like UAB's matchup with uh, Josh Atkins. It's just really we got to stop Sincere McCormick in that run game for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think Josh Atkins, though, is, you know, he's a guy that, I mean, he started 20 of his, la- of his last 22 games at New Mexico State and, you know, played at Alabama, played at, uh, I think they played at Washington State. They uh, played another, you know, I think it was another big, uh, big venue that, you know, and I think he was fairly successful and, you know, as, as you could be playing for New Mexico State against those teams. Right. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I think he's an experienced guy. It's, it, you know, it's just a, it's a similar feel to last week when you don't know if the, you know, if the dual threat guy is going to play for sure. And obviously Desmond Trotter didn't. And, uh, you know, again, you, you the same thing this week. Uh, you know, I would rather see a drop back guy because, you know, I think that I could see, you know, UA, one thing UAB did really – one thing that they did really well last week was really make Levertich uh, uncomfortable, and we talked a lot about that in our in our recap. But, you know, I think hopefully they can do the same thing with, with Atkins. Now, the difference is Atkins is experienced, and he's 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 used to this. And he's used – you know, Levertich coming from a junior college, 
yeah, he had a lot of success, but, you know, it's different, you know, when you're playing, you know, D1 or FBS. And so right. Atkins does have, you know, experience there, and I don't think he'll get as rattled as, as Levertich, but I think it'll be easier to get after him than, obviously, it would Harris, who's, you know, Harris had five rushing touchdowns and, um, you know, just uh, – He's he's a tough guy to to, uh, to get under control. He really is, and you know UAB uh, actually didn't see Frank Harris last year um, in the UTSA matchup either because he was injured. Um, but yeah, looking more likely that we are going to face uh, Josh Atkins um, as the quarterback at UTSA. But you know it's also kind of interesting too that you know Bryson Lucero made his first career start for UAB last week um, at South, and you know this guy Josh Atkins makes his first. Uh, appearance with UTSA last game so really there's not a lot of film on both guys uh for both of these defense coming up for uh this Saturday's matchup but let's um kind of talk about the UTSA defense um they are allowing a lot of pass yards per game they're allowing up over 335 passing yards per game and almost uh 460 yards total so um and and, you know Jared kind of hits on this in the interview that the matchup that UAB could try to take advantage of is the UTSA secondary where, you know, they've given a lot of pass yards and, you know, UAB shown with uh, Bryson Lucero last week at South that, you know, we're not afraid to throw that deep ball and the coaching staff is very confident in Lucero's deep ball. Um, So we'll definitely try to exploit that weak secondary and try to get some big games like we did against South Alabama. But, you know, what does kind of worry me, Steve, is that, you know, Lucero is still a freshman so, you know, they're going to show them different uh, blitz packages, different coverage schemes. Um, so I am worried that he might end up throwing that first interception of the year this Saturday. But it's just going to tell a lot if Lucero, hopefully he doesn't throw any interceptions or make, you know, any uh, bad decisions. But if he does, um, will he be able to overcome that? I think he will, though. I mean, I, I think, you know, um, you know, the kid's mature, you know, and yeah. I mean, he showed it, he showed it last week. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about just his, uh, his demeanor, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. He talked about his demeanor and just kind of, um, you know, how he just, he, he plays like, a, like a veteran. So he'll be able to overcome that. And I, I, you know, I think the main thing is if you can keep him, uh, from getting hit like they did last week and he can sit, stand back there. They can't, you know, they're not going to be able to cover Austin Watkins and Myron Mitchell if he, no. if he, if he has time to throw, you know, right. they're going to have to disrupt him and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And they're able to do that. You know, I mean, they've, they've been able to do that against everybody they played. I mean, they've had, you know, like I said, they have 11 sacks. So keeping him, uh, uh, untouched or, you know, limit the t- times he gets, he gets hit is, is going to be big. And if they can, I, you know, I, like I say, those two guys are, you know, they're going to make their plays. Now, Austin Watkins and Meyer Mitchell are going to make their plays if, if he has time. So that'll be, that'll be a nice. See, and I think, you know, I think you start by establishing a running game. I mean, I, you know, I think that, um, you, you know, you can run on these guys. Uh, I mean, I think UAB, when they're, when they're rolling, they can run on anybody, not just, not just this team, but I mean, I think they can run um, on anybody in this conference. So I think that might be where you start this week. You, you know, you, you start trying to establish that. And um, but I tell you, watching just watching that game, the uh, Middle Tennessee uh, UTS game, UTSA game the other day, that that Jamal Ligon, that fresh, fresh true freshman he's linebacker, good. he's yeah. a beast now. I mean, that yeah. kid's six three two forty two forty five, and I mean he had nineteen tackles. Yeah. And 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 you you watch the you watch the game, and 
it almost seemed like he made more than 19 tackles. I mean, he's everywhere. Yes. I mean, that, that, I mean, big, strong kid. So they, you know, they've got, they've got some players, but again, I think it's, you know, I think you try to establish a run and, you know, try to get Spencer going when Spencer's going, it, it just opens up so much, so much and, and not just Spencer, the running game, but when Spencer himself is going, it just opens up so much, you know, for an offense. Yes, and now the UTSA defense, you know, they may be uh, weak in the secondary, but they're definitely uh, really good up front on the defensive line and, you know, linebackers you just mentioned. But so that's definitely going to be something to watch is, uh, you know, UAB is definitely going to have to get their run game going uh, to kind of wear down that defensive uh, front for UTSA. And, um, you know, when the run game gets going, you know, we saw at South, um, the run game looked really good. It just gives uh, Lucero um, – you know, more confidence and he's able to, you know, kind of sit back in the pocket, uh, take his time and throw the ball. Um, because when the run game's going, they're not able to stack that box, um, on UAB. And you've mentioned earlier, you know, with Watkins and Mitchell and company and the tight ends, I mean, UAB should be, uh, should be able to spread it around if we can get that run game going for sure. So let's just hope that the offensive line looks, um, as good as they did last week at South and mobile and maybe even make, you know, look a little even better this week, hopefully. Um, but I did want to mention before we uh, go over to the interview that I did with uh, Jared, uh, Jared, um, you know, this week is homecoming. Um, so we get to wear those awesome children's Harbor uniforms. Steve, do you want to speak on that for just a Oh yeah. I mean, that, what, what a great tradition they started with that. And, and, you know, special things happen when they're wearing those uniforms and, and, yes. you know, you, you just, um, it's hard, you know, and and, and the, the you know thing about it is the it's the uniforms with the kids' name on them because they wore those uniforms with their own names on them in the Bahamas Bowl, and it wasn't that special of a day. But it's no. about when they have those kids' names on them, and uh, you know you're playing, you're not playing for yourself, you know, you're, you're you're and and really you're not playing for your school at that point. You're playing for those kids, and it's uh-huh. just a just a tremendous. Just like I say, just a tremendous tradition that that Coach Clark and others started with that, and and just um, it's just fun because you know something special is going to happen when they put those uniforms on, and I expect a lot of special things to happen on Saturday. Yes, me too. Well, we definitely hope to see all you Blazer fans out there at Legion Field this Saturday. Again, it's an 11:30 a.m. Central Time kickoff, so make sure you get those uh, get the, get some breakfast to eat before heading over. Um, and if you can't get to Legion Field, you can watch it on Stadium or listen on Jocks 94.5 to Steve and David Crane. Um, right now, UAB is a 20-point favorite over the UTSA Roadrunners. Um, so we'll be excited to see. Too yeah, high. I don't honest, like that. I don't yeah, like, that. I don't that like makes, it either. That makes me feel uncomfortable when it's when it's that high. And, I, and I, I'm not in that business, so I don't know, you know, how they set them. But I just when I see that, I just sort of get some uh, some chills run down me a little bit, you know. Yeah, and for a three and O team too. I mean, I know they haven't uh, faced the best competition, but man, that, that's a lot of points um, for a three and O team. Um, so I don't know. Well, we hope that the uh, Blazers, you know, of course get the blazer victory um but we'll go ahead and play the interview that i had with jared kalmas but we'll see you guys saturday go blazers well all right blazer fans welcome back to the blazer victory podcast this is john duncan and i'm joined by our very first guest on the blazer victory podcast jared kalmas jared is a big utsa fan 
and he writes for Underdog Dynasty and edits on Underdog Dynasty. So definitely give him a follow on his Twitter page at Jared UTSA. But also he has a super rad podcast called the Alamo Dome Audible that he does with Adrian. And you can follow them on Twitter at Alamo Audible. Jared, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. I didn't realize I was your first guest, so I'm feeling very flattered and very humbled. Thank you for choosing me for this special occasion. Dude, of course. And honestly, man, I don't know who else I would rather have as a first guest than you. You know, you definitely uh, do a great job covering not only UTSA, but um, Group of Five, you know, college football. And you you have all the knowledge, man. So definitely uh, thank you for coming on and doing this with us. And um yeah, um, let's go ahead and get started and talk about these UTSA Roadrunners. Um, they come into Legion Field this Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Central Time on Stadium. Um, well, before we get started, Jared, I, I'm assuming that you're not going to be able to make this trip to Birmingham due to COVID no, and Okay. No, I, I put a stop to the travel this year, but man, I can't wait to come check out the new stadium once it's ready, man. I'm, I'm fired up for that. Yes, and all Blazer fans are definitely ready uh, to get in protective stadium next year. Yeah. Um, but definitely this, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I'm taking my girlfriend next time so we can go to uh, Good People and Mom's Basement and uh, just tear up the town, you know? Yes, and we'll definitely have to hang out and get some more snack handles. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, um, and also I'll make sure to have one of those weird pineapple drink things <laughs> for you. This, uh, <laughs> yeah. That that was the highlight of UTSA's entire, what was that? The 2018 season. I think that was yes. like the only, only positive to come out of that was drinking a pina colada in Legion field inside of a pineapple. So thank you UAB for giving me that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unfortunately for UTSA, that was not a good game. Uh, no. 52 to three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but UTSA has moved on to a new era for the Roadrunners. Jeff Trailer um, in his first year this year. Um, Jared, what's your just? I mean, I know it's only been three games, but what's your overall impression with uh, Jeff Trailer and how things are going so far? You know, I think a lot of this includes myself as well, but I think a lot of UTSA fans are a little bit slower to fully embrace the Jeff Trailer era, uh, just because like the Frank Wilson era started out just like this where they came out really hot. They got some P5 transfers in, you know, won a couple of games early. You know, there was a lot of, like, new traditions that were trying to start up and things like that. Uh, and then, of course, we saw it catapult into despair and dismay, like, two years later, right? So right. I, I kind of have, uh, like, self-protection reservations with Chet Trailer just because I've been burned in the past. But, I mean, he's done everything right so far. I mean, he came in, he immediately noticed that, you know, the offense was terrible, uh, had to be modernized. You know, I've, I mean, you guys have seen the UTSA offense in the past. It was very pro-style, uh, you know, SEC kind of ground and pound. But, you know, w without the level of athletes needed to, to really run that type of offense. Um, so, you know, Joe Trailer's embraced an up-tempo attack. Uh, UTSA is running like 80 plays a game now, which you know, like they're setting school records on offense almost every game. Um, so, you know, obviously UTSA plays a super light schedule to start out 3-0, uh, Texas State, SFA, and Middle Tennessee. But right. at least, you know, if nothing else, the games are entertaining to watch. And I think for most UTSA fans, that is a very welcome uh, change from the past. Right. And I mean, you mentioned the uh, soft schedule, but really um, kind of looking at that uh, LSU Mississippi State and maybe UTSA could have had a shot in uh, Death Valley to maybe uh, take down LSU. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying UTSA wins that game, but I think LSU showed uh, that they had a lot of kinks to work out. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I think UTSA definitely could have put some points up on them and at least, you know, hung in there for two and a half quarters, maybe. Right, for sure. Um, but, um, you know, UTSA, even though, you know, you mentioned the soft schedule so far, I mean, they are the uh, first team to go 3-0 and this year in the 2020 yep. season. Yep. So that yep. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there are a few teams that caught up with them this past week, but since UTSA played on a Friday, they were officially first. Yes, yes, and that was a uh, very late scheduled game because you know UTSA yeah. was going to take on Memphis, and then all of a sudden, due to Memphis's uh, COVID situation, they had to cancel. Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily, you know the Roadrunners were able to quickly pick up the uh, Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee, who before that game, a lot of people were saying that they might be the worst team in the country, but. You know, kind of, you know, even listening to you guys a little bit, you and Adrian kind of talked about how the Blue Raiders, you know, they played Army, they played Troy. And mm-hmm. let's be let's be honest, a lot of Conference USA games would have went 0-2 to both of those schools. Oh, too. absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, and, you know, especially if you watch the Troy game, they were pretty competitive for like half the game, but they just fell apart in the second half. So I think the score of that one made it look worse than it was. And it's not to see Middle Tennessee is a, a great team, but any stretch of the imagination, you know, they had a lot of guys opt out and, had some really terrible injuries to start the year off. But, I, I mean, they're not the worst team in the conference. Like, they're going to win a couple of games this year. Yeah, they should. I mean, especially, you know, how wild Conference USA is every year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll get uh, somebody. Um, but one thing that hasn't changed from last year with UTSA and their offense is uh, sophomore running back Sincere McCormick. I mean, he, you know, had a fantastic uh, freshman year last year with the Roadrunners, and he's really – um off to a great start for 2020. I'm already, you know, three touchdowns, 377 yards and just three games. And um, mm. I know before this past weekend that he was actually leading the nation in rushing yards. Yeah. I don't know. Is he still? I don't know. I haven't checked the stats today. I, I need to do that. Uh, he didn't have a great game against Middle Tennessee, but I would guess he's still at least top five uh, if he's not number one at this point. Yeah, I was going to mention he did have that first fumble of the year, um, which that that wasn't good. But he still had, you know, 82 yards rushing um, on 19 carries um, and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, as you mentioned earlier, going back to the Frank Wilson era um, compared to Jeff Trailer, where, you know, Wilson really loved that pro style offense. Jeff Trailer kind of mixing things up. Um, I know that uh, quarterback play is going to be huge in this offense, and it already has. Now, right before we started recording, uh, Jared, Pete Thamel did break the news about um, about Frank Harris, who did go down in the Middle Tennessee game with an injury. And Pete Thamel said that, according to his source, that he was Frank Harris was diagnosed with a knee sprain and will be a game time decision on Saturday against UAB. Um, before that news broke, Jared, would you think that? Were you thinking that he was going to play anyway against UAB, or do you think because of the way Atkins played against Middle Tennessee, do you think they might just go ahead and keep going with Atkins to give him that first start? I think regardless of you know Atkins' promising performance against Middle Tennessee and you know his previous success at uh, New Mexico State where he was a three-year starter, uh, I think regardless of all that, you would still have to hold out Frank Harris for this week. Uh, right. Just given his, you know, his history of injury, right? I mean, he tore one ACL in high school. Uh, he came to college, tore his other ACL. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he started the first four games of the season for UTSA last year, then, uh, you know, dislocated or broke his shoulder or something like that. So, I mean, there's no denying that, uh, you know, he's got some, he's got some injury concerns, right? So I think rushing him back to the field, not only would put him in jeopardy for this week, but may, you know, put him in jeopardy for his, you know, the rest of his season, if not his rest of his career, right? So right. I, I think, 
you know, UTSA has a very deep quarterback room. They've got four guys that have started Division One games, so there's no need to rush them back, especially against a defense like UAB that has a ton of punishing physical hitters that, you know, can <laughs> really lay a lick on you and take you out of a game. So um, I, I would give Frank Harris like a 5% chance of playing this week, no matter what they uh, what message they put on the media. Right. And I mean, it's unfortunate last year, you know, UAB didn't get to see Frank Harris um, mm-hmm. in the game. I, I believe we saw uh, Narcisse. Is, is he still on the roster with UTSA? Yeah, he is. Uh, so he actually played a little bit in the SFA game. They put him in as like a jumbo run package um, okay. for like design quarterback runs. So he's definitely still around for sure. Okay, good. Um, well, that's kind of smart, too, to just um, take the load off of uh, getting the blows, you know, hits on mm-hmm. Harris and Atkins. So that's, yeah, that's absolutely. a pretty smart package, yeah, for him. Because I, I believe with Narcisse, you know, going back uh, and rewatching some of that UA begin from last year, I mean, he was a little, um, I guess, inaccurate. I mean, he had, mm-hmm. he'd have some really good throws, but sometimes he'd be like, he would just miss wide open. Like, yeah, you know, I, I would say he was probably UTSA's most improved player last year. I mean, if yep. you look at his first start to where he ended the season, like he really came a long way. Uh, but he still really lacks the touch that I think Frank Harris and Josh Atkins have. Um, so I, I think UTSA could win a game with him, but he's probably not the option that puts him in the best position to succeed week in and week out. Got you, got you. Um, well, let's kind of go back to Josh Atkins. What do you think he – what would you say that Atkins does a great job what, – what is he good at doing well, basically, and what is he not great uh, at doing well so far in the limited footage that we've seen with him at UTSA? Yeah, it's really interesting. Him and Frank Harris are the polar opposites, really, as far as their style of play goes. And, you know, you saw UTSA change the playbook once Frank went down this past week. Um, You know, Frank Harris, obviously, is a dual threat. Uh, He loves to throw on the run. You know, he makes plays with his feet. Super dynamic athlete. Um, and it's not that Josh Atkins is, is not athletic because, I mean, he, he's a D1 he's a quarterback, you know. Right. Uh, but he is a pocket passer, absolutely. He's very comfortable just sitting in the pocket. Um, you know, and something that popped out to me when I was watching the film uh, earlier today is, like, it, when Atkins came in, it felt like the pass protection got better. But really, if you go back and you watch when Frank Harris was in there, I mean, it's the same blocking success. It's just that right. Frank Harris is a little quick to leave the pocket. So it kind of makes you think – that the pass protection broke down, when really Frank could have sat back there for another two seconds and surveyed the field, right? Right. So Atkins is comfortable doing that, um, and that's really good. That works in his favor because he does have a pretty live arm. Um, you know, he put a couple passes in some windows that uh, I don't think UTSA fans have seen uh, a pass downfield into a tight window like that for, you know, probably like the past six, seven games, right? So a lot of encouragement there. Uh, UTSA's wide receiver group is by far the best they've ever had. Uh, they've got three guys that m- might end up being you know, some of the best receivers in program history playing this year. So you know, I think Atkins is probably a better fit for the talent that UTSA has out wide. But, you know, Frank Harris is just so good at, at, at moving the sticks and running this offense that, uh, y- you know, you, you gain some and you lose some with, with whichever guy you go with. But I, I think both are super capable of winning games at the Division One level. Yes, and I mean, I know you, you briefly hit on those uh, wide receivers, but definitely I did want to mention, uh, mention you know, uh, Joshua Cephas and uh, Dingle and Franklin. I mean, yep. just great, great talent this year, especially for the Roadrunners. Um, so mm-hmm. definitely uh, UAB will have to watch out for those guys. Now, um, it's kind of unique, too, that, you know, UAB has a uh, limited film on Atkins. Um, well, assuming if he's starting against UAB. But it's kind of the same situation. You know, UAB, uh, Bryson Lucero made his first start with mm-hmm. UAB um, this past week at South. So 
it'll be interesting to see how the Roadrunner defense uh, prepares with limited film um, on Lucero and company. Um, so this is going to be an interesting matchup this Saturday at Legion Field for sure. Um, but kind of going over the Roadrunner defense, Jared, uh, what would you say is the strength of the UTSA defense, in your opinion? And what's mm-hmm. the weakness in the UTSA defense? Because, I mean, you look at, you know, you even though the game went into double overtime with Texas State, which was the first game of the season for the Roadrunners, I mean, giving up over, um, you know, 50 points, I mean, that's, that's a lot of points. And, you know, going back to this Middle Tennessee uh, game, who – we, you know, they're not as bad as we thought they were, but giving up, um, you know, over 30 points to them, then their offense didn't look too good against Troy and Army. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what would you say would be the strengths and weakness of this uh, Roadrunner defense for this 2020 season? Uh, you know, it's actually a super easy answer with UTSA. Uh, the strength <laughs> by far is their down linemen. Uh, okay. They get penetration on almost every play. They live in the backfield. Uh, they run about five deep on that defensive front. Just a whole bunch of guys, like 280 and plus that can get in the gap and, you know, cause the running back have to jump outside or, you know, speed up the quarterback's progressions, whatever it may be. And, you know, they might not get a ton of tackles for loss, a ton of sacks, but they create that disruption that lets the linebackers kind of come in and clean up, right? right. Uh, so that's definitely the strength. The weakness is this, the, the back end of this, the secondary is really, really bad. Um, I don't think that UTSA has anyone on the roster that uh, – they're really comfortable with at free safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy who's starting has given up so many touchdowns that it stands to reason that if there was someone better than him on the roster, they would already be getting some snaps. Yeah. So that, that's a big concern, right? And, uh, you know, obviously UAB has the type of receivers that can stretch the field and, you know, hit those 40-yard pass plays through the air, right? So that's right. by far my number one concern for UTSA is just preventing um, receivers from going over the top of the defense this week. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, what? Well, let's hit on the special teams uh, right quick, Jared. Uh, yeah. I did see where the uh, kicker for UTSA has hit, was it 16 straight field goals now? It's That's pretty six, awesome. Yeah, 16 or 17. He actually leads the nation in consecutive made field goals. Wow. Well, that's got to be good to know to have, you know, a good uh, field goal kicker to, you know, at least guarantee you those three points when you're down in the red mm-hmm. zone. So mm-hmm. that's really good. Uh, what about the punting situation? How's the, uh, the punter looking? I'm I'm completely serious. Lucas Dean is a Ray Guy candidate, man. I mean, Whoa, he is fantastic. Okay. Uh, in fact, one of my buddies pulled up his stats for the season, and he compared him to the first three games for the guy who run, won the Ray Guy last year. And oh, wow. Lucas Dean is blowing those numbers away, right? Wow. So uh, even if UTSA really struggles on offense, at least they should be pinning UAB back with pretty bad field position, if nothing else. Yeah. Well, that's good. What about the return game? Um, how's that looking with the return, return game? Is solid. Uh, you know, Brendan Diggle, the UMass transfer, had about a 50-yard return last week. Um, so I think kick return, they're in pretty decent shape. Punt return, um, that's kind of a work in progress. There are definitely some punts that uh, over, over the first three games where I felt like should have led to a big return that didn't really materialize. So, you know, they haven't had any muff punts or anything like that, but they haven't made any big dynamic plays either in punt return. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's only been three games, so we've definitely got yeah. time to uh, see what happens there, but hopefully nothing happens this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, get my hopes up on UTSA. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this may sound um, – we'll, we'll end uh, with this last question, Jared. What does UTSA have to do to pull the upset in Birmingham? I think 
you know, it's very cliche to say capitalize on turnovers, but even though Bryson Lucero played awesome against South Alabama and, you know, looked good in his other playing time as well, he's still a freshman. So, yeah. you know, if they can, you know, disguise some coverage and, and get a pick um, and then get a score off that, that'll be absolutely huge. And, you know, I know, I know everyone says that in game previews, but uh, I think it's the truth here. Uh, yeah. But also, I mean, since Sam McCormick has to have a huge game, um, you know, UTSA's second running back, Brennan Brady, has been out. Um, I'm expecting him to be out for UAB as well. So, you know, Sincere's really got a big load on his shoulders. Um, and I think you could see that last week. He didn't have the same kind of pep in his step that he usually does. Right. Um, but, you know, I think UAB has given up a little bit more in the run game than they like this year. So that's probably UTSA's biggest advantage. Um, if they can get that set up, they, they finally have their, you know, intended starting five on the offensive line back and, um, I thought they played decently well against Middle Tennessee. So I think that's a big thing. You know, if Sincere runs for like six yards a carry or something like that, then, you know, maybe UAB can keep, or sorry, UTSA can keep the game close this week. Got you, got you. Well, Art, would you have an official prediction for us? or uh, Man, it's a little early, right? Like, yeah. I, I need to look at the stats a little bit. I've watched all of UAB's games, and I, I mean, I, I feel very confident that UAB is going to crush UTSA. Um, so while I won't give a score prediction, I'll say that, uh, UAB wins by at least 17. Okay. So almost covering that spread right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Depending on like what book you look at. You know, 19 might be getting a little high. I was expecting to be around like 16 to 18. But yeah, they, they should cruise pretty comfortably, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest here. When it came out, I, I saw like I think at Circa where it opened at 19. And I was a little shocked that it was that high as well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, UTSA coming in 3-0. and And I mean, I know UAB's 2-1, and but yeah, it's just... I don't know. I thought it was kind of hot, too. Yep. Well, all right, buddy. Well, thank you for coming on. And, guys, um, make sure you give Jared a follow at Jared UTSA. And definitely give his uh, podcast, him and Adrian, you know, they do a great job on the Alamo Dome Audible. Um, give them a listen. Again, you know, you can follow them, their account at Alamo Audible. And I know, you know, they're on Apple, Spotify, and, you know, like we are, too. So definitely mm-hmm. give them a follow and listen. Um Jared, did I miss anything on you, bud? Um, I think you got it, man. Yeah. Well, all right, Blazer fans, uh, make sure um, to be on the lookout for a recap episode after the UTSA game. Um, But on that note, y'all have a great rest of your week, and go Blazers.